It's an episode dedicated to the Super Bowl and NFL news. How does the Super Bowl rank based on recent years? Alabama fans are still proud of Jalen Hurts. Did one play call ruin the rest of the game? And what should we expect for the Eagles for next year? It might be Valentine's Day, but sports are supreme on this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go! What is going on, everyone? Thanks so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sermon, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake Silva 14. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Christy. Hi. And you can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok, at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all different sports and different forms and varieties. And happy... Super Bowl post game. Happy almost Valentine's Day, but I mean the Super Bowl kind of over trumps the Valentine's Day scenario. So I'm not sorry for that. Yeah, I think it does. I know Mahomes didn't even know that Valentine's Day was coming up. One of the reporters had to remind him. He's married. But speaking yeah. of the Super Bowl. <laughs> What a game. I mean, this is, you know, basically what we expected. Yeah, it was definitely, I think, the best two teams um, that could have been in it. And I think I just saw a stat. It was the most watched Super Bowl in the last six years. And also, you know, more on what we think of rankings in regards to this. But, I mean, it was pretty evenly matched. You know, Mm -hmm. you had a team that was so talented on the offensive side. And then you had shades of that with the Eagles, you know, remember in 2018 when they, the chiefs decided they were going to move on from Alex Smith and just throw Mm -hmm. the keys to Patrick Mahomes. And it turned out to be one of probably the best ideas they ever had. Yeah. I mean, so far they've come away with two Super Bowl rings under him um, playoff season since he's been, in the quarterback position. I mean, they obviously are building a franchise around Mahomes. That reminds me of a lot of what they're doing in Philadelphia with Jalen. Mm-hmm. You know, they drafted Jalen. Everyone was super confused. They're like, why are they drafting this kid? Right. And then they decide to get rid of Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. They build the team around Jalen Hurts. You know, you bring in Devontae Smith. You trade for A.J. Brown, I always call him AJ Green. <laughs> that shows where my mind is. Um, and it worked. And, you know, you had a lot of, you know, terrific players. You solidify your O-line. You bring in some pretty good backups. And it was, you know, very terrific. So I think with this, you know, I'm very impressed with the Eagles. But I also know, and I'll see more about this later, you know, they're a young team. So they'll be able to come back to this. Right. And not only young players, there's a young coaching staff, obviously, with their head coach. Now, I think what he's done is awesome, but I do think there's still some like glimmers of immaturity coaching wise for him. But I think he can build on himself and I think he can learn from this. And I don't think he needs to change a whole lot. He just needs to learn more. No, absolutely. And I mean, a lot of the credit here has to go to Howie Roseman, too, for how he has built this team. You know, he is someone who got so much criticism in the more recent years, especially with uh, taking 
Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson in the draft and, you know, kind of how he's presented some stuff or how he handled Chip Kelly coming in as the coach. He's made up for that. So I think with this, it shows that he cares about this team. And I think with this, you know, they can only go up from here. So, you know, the future is very much bright with the Eagles. And obviously, you know, we'll touch on that more later. Mm-hmm. But I think with this, it was a pretty evenly matched game. And the Eagles did a fantastic job of clock management. Yeah, especially in the first half. And we know Andy Reid, on the other hand, oh. is no <laughs> terrible clock management, which we'll get to that in a little bit, too, because he did redeem himself. But so I think that was kind of the Eagles MO. I think they came into this game thinking that if they could beat the chiefs and Andy with clock management, that they could use that to win. But obviously that's not how it played out. Well, you as a Patriots fan know this better than anything else, especially in the 20 years as a Tom Brady era. What is one thing that they always said the key to beating Tom Brady is by doing what? Uh, taking away time from him (laughs) exactly keeping him on the sideline right so now that Patrick Mahomes is in that category now they were finding a way to keep Mm -hmm. him on the sideline with all these long drives now is it going to work all the time not necessarily no but but it works when it needs to work exactly it works when it needs to so rather than because in college football you try and score quick you're scoring quick Mm -hmm and keeping everyone off their heels and trying to figure out the next move. In the NFL, you are dinking and dunking, you know, five-yard mm-hmm. passes, 10-yard passes, three-yard run, and then you're going to have a big play and then dink and dunk some more. And then, oh, by the way, you just took off six minutes of the clock. Right, and but I think if you look at, the Chiefs there at the end, they knew they also had to do that with Jalen. They didn't want to give him the ball. No, absolutely. I mean, it was really interesting because I would look away for a few seconds to mm-hmm. ask my friend a question, and then boom, the Chiefs are already in the 40-yard line. I'm thinking, wait, when did this happen? Right, and I think that's kind of where the game broke down there in the second half was with Eagles defense and just not being able to stop the Chiefs anymore. No, absolutely. But I mean, the third and fourth quarter was definitely amazing. Rihanna is definitely a Chiefs fan. I mean, she came out wearing red. So yeah, I don't know what's expected there. Let's talk about those backup dancers. Um, the Oompa Loompas, right? I've, I, I'm not a good dancer. I'm not going to speak for you. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this. But it looked like we could do a better job dancing than they could. Yeah, I... It's really odd. I mean, all the money they put into these halftime shows, there had to be one person in that room saying, like, you know, this is going to be made fun of. It's going to become a meme. Well, think about in, you know, 2017 when Lady Gaga jumped off and caught a football and then disappeared. (laughs) Or Left Shark in 2014. (laughs) Or when, you know, Beyonce basically crashed Coldplay's performance it's all going to happen or the weekend two years ago when he's you know running around looking like the (laughs) standard confused in the mirrors i'll see more of that later but i think with this i don't know what they're thinking especially because 
they had a verse in one of Rihanna's songs where Jay-Z sings, Jay-Z was in the building, Jay-Z did not perform. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that was a whole nother thing. I know she hinted at bringing special guests, and I know she was announcing her pregnancy. So everyone said, you know, the baby was the special guest. But I was kind of disappointed. I wanted to see some bigger names come out and perform with her. I definitely agree. I mean, Jay-Z was literally right there. I mean, he sings on Umbrella, and he sings Mm -hmm. on Run This Town. So it could have been a perfect opportunity. Paul McCartney was also there, but I mean, please give Paul McCartney a break. He's been carrying the music industry for the past 60 years. Yeah, I didn't even realize he was a football fan. I think recently he's become into it. I mean, you know, he'll he'll go to a lot of different shows, but he just can do what he wants. I mean, he's Paul McCartney, one of the best musicians of all time. Well, you know my vote for next year's halftime show. I, I, I know, and I think I egged you on because I told you who it should be. And um, I, if it does happen, I know I will not hear the end of it from you. No, but I, I really don't see it happening. Not with Beyonce and Jay-Z in charge. <laughs> no, I mean, I could see it maybe in a few years. I see grows, but I think with this, you know, we just kind of have to wait and see. For those of you who don't know who we're talking about, it's Morgan Wallen. Of course. Um, But moving on to our next point, how does this Super Bowl game rank in recent years? So I saw your score and you said 7 out of 10, right? Yeah, I said about a 7 out of 10, maybe an 8. It was a pretty good Super Bowl, being honest. It it was. It was a good game, but you know how bad I really wanted the Eagles to win. So yeah. I would agree with the 8 out of 10 first half. And then coming from an Eagles perspective, and I'm not even an Eagles fan. It's just obviously all the Alabama players they had. But uh, second half, I gave it like a 4 out of 10. I could see that. But, I mean, we did see our hometowns represented. I mean, Darius Tony caught a touchdown pass. And you know what? I argue that he should have been given the MVP award. I feel like That's the MVP true. award is now an only quarterback award, just like the Heisman. I feel like if they're going to do that, we need to make an all-quarterback award so these awards can start going to other players. I mean, I think with it, you know, they wouldn't have gotten close to that second touchdown without <laughs> Kadarius Tony, And right. a lot of people who are from Mobile – we're saying how he's basically our MVP and Mm -hmm. you know we're proud of him because he's the first player from Mobile in a while to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely think he carried a lot of that game. And shout out to my hometown guy, Nazi. He actually made the very last tackle in the game. So that was super cool. Oh, I did not know that. What do you know? I know it was super cool to see. (laughs) That is really cool. I mean, you know, we have two very distinct hometown mm-hmm. i don't want to say hometown heroes because you know they're just starting out but you know hometown perspectives and people demonstrating that they can play the game in any way they need to and then for some reason melvin gordon is also on the team and he got a super bowl <laughs> ring and a lot of chargers fans are really mad about that yeah you know this happens in football but i think with this i mean 
I originally said on here that I wanted more points, but now that I think about it, I might have to take that back. I think this was an evenly, you know, scored game. You know, last year it was so close. It was only, I think, you know, combined 40 points. This year we had almost double. Right. No, I think we definitely got the points that I think we saw. And I think I said this game was going to come down to that field goal kick, if not overtime. So it was definitely expected. Good game offensively. No, absolutely. It reminds me a lot of the 2020 Super Bowl. You know, actually, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's like kind of like looking in a mirror. Yeah. What happened between the 49ers and the Chiefs two years ago. Right. And with the Chiefs, you know, coming back or coming from behind and then winning, it was almost exactly parallel. I wonder how Tyreek Hill feels about this because, you know, mm-hmm. he's – probably, you know, thinking they're not going to do as well. Because a lot of analysts yeah. are saying, how are they going to do without Tyreek Hill? And they won with their starting receivers being Marquez Valdez-Scanling, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I mean, other than Juju, I think, you know, you didn't expect the other ones to do much, and they really did. No, and I mean, I feel like a lot of this was done by running the ball with Jarek McKinnon mm-hmm. and Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey being Travis Kelsey, and then right. that random Patrick Mahomes run, who isn't known <laughs> as a runner. And that was after he was hurt, right? Oh, yeah. So I was a little scared when he did that, if he was going to get back up or not, but he did, and he looked great. No, and I mean, speaking of that, you know, we didn't see a lot of injuries, which was good. I mean, mm-hmm. Smitty kind of limped a little bit, but he looked fine. Yeah. Um, also, you know, big shout out to the intro where they were showing the uh, Smitty being told he was too small or the benching uh-huh. for Tua. I like that, you know. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was really cool to see Tagovailoa there on the screen. Oh, yeah. But I think with this, and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate because we are a Southern-based podcast, I think the top Super Bowl that I witnessed in the past few years had to be the Super Bowl played in 2017 between the Patriots and the Falcons. Uh, yeah, it, that was a good one. <laughs> so I know that a lot of people who are Falcons fans probably listen, and I am sorry, yeah. I don't want to you know, necessarily bring back all those painful memories but he came back from being down 28 to 3. Yeah, I wasn't going to rub it in as a Patriots fan, but if you're going to do it, might as well. So, I mean with this, I mean that one will be in my opinion probably the top Super Bowl I've ever watched. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes, it's as a Saints fan, it's great to see the Saints against the Colts where Thomas Moore said kicks an onside kick but I think with this it's just a completely different trajectory so I would definitely put this you know this Super Bowl it was a good one last year's Super Bowl I did not think was good I was like oh, this is meh yeah I yeah not impressed with last year this year the game was good commercials were not good halftime was okay I want to bring to attention that there was not a single Burger King commercial. Burger King. You know, I didn't even... And I totally missed the Eminem commercial, too. That was weird. Yeah, that's what I heard. It was definitely weird. Um, Yeah. I mean, there was a commercial with Peyton Manning and Bush's Baked Beans. 
Yeah, and you know another one that's been missing. I can't remember if there was one last year, but Doritos used to be big with Super Bowl commercials. Oh my gosh, yes. That was missing. What's going on there? I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's like all the streaming, if that messes with commercials and how they pay. I'm not sure. That's definitely an interesting one. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll try and rewatch some of the commercials and see what I noticed there. But I think with this, you know, all in all, it was a really good game. You know, great performance by both sides. But let's dive into one of our favorite players and his performance, Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts. Jalen, the Alabama alum. (laughs) I mean, I sent you that tweet (laughs) earlier where it was – that's a great touchdown by Alabama alum Jalen Hurts. Oh, that's a terrible fumble by Oklahoma alum Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but let's talk about that fumble. I mean, it happens, and it happens in the big games. But he took responsibility for it, and just Jalen's character outdoes any errors that he might make in a game. Oh, 100%. And the thing about this, too, he's been acting like that since he was 18 years old. Right. It's not new. Alabama fans are used to it. I'm sure Oklahoma fans are used to it. No, I don't know. They only had him for a year, so they probably <laughs> didn't see it too much. You're not sharing at all. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I might. I mean, I'm still bitter at Oklahoma for steamrolling Alabama in basketball. But I think with it, though, you know, he has always been calm, cool, mm-hmm. collected, composed. And Tom Rinaldi saying – He's still calm, cool, and I said, huh, I've heard Tom Rinaldi say that since 2016. <laughs> yeah, and I even there's a new video circulating of the Eagles coach. I don't know if he's making a gesture to the Chiefs sideline. He's doing something with his hand, and Jalen kind of pulls his hand back down and just gives him a little smirk like, it's okay, you need to stop, calm down. Maybe, but I mean – no matter what, I am so proud of what he has done, what he's accomplished, especially in this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even Patrick Mahomes and some of the post-game interviews was, instead of talking about himself, was talking about Jalen. I mean, he accounted for every touchdown. He, there's, no one has had anything but nice things to say about him. And the same was that, what happened at Alabama. I mean, one of my favorite moments from Jalen Hurts was in our public speaking class where he broke down the game-winning touchdown play of two out of Smitty. Oh, and man. that just shows his character. And I remember, you know, we're all sitting there watching him draw on the whiteboard, trips right Seattle. Mm-hmm. And we all know what's going to happen because we saw the play. But I just remember, you know, how he was breaking it down for us and how terrific of a speaker he was. So I, you know, think with this, everyone is seeing Jalen unnoticed and everyone is just as proud as we are of him. Yeah, I'm just so proud he's getting all the recognition that he has deserved all along. I definitely have to agree. I mean, there's so much potential for him in the future. I mean, you know, think about how in Patrick Mahomes' first full year as a starter, he went to the AFC Championship game and ultimately, you know, did lose to Tom Brady. Next year, he was in the Super Bowl. Maybe we see a similar path with Jalen Hurts here. Yeah, I think 
these are both definitely two strong quarterbacks. They're both franchise quarterbacks. They're both not going anywhere soon. No, and I mean, the NFC also looks really good with quarterbacks. You said that, and I was questioning that. So you tell me your thoughts, but you go first. I got you on that. Okay, so I probably was a little too broad there. Um, you know, Jalen is terrific in the NFC mm-hmm. East. Depending on what direction the 49ers go in with, right. whether it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, they should be fine. But then there are going to be the questions of, is it a system quarterback? Which, you know, <laughs> people had been asking when Tom Brady was with the Patriots and then ultimately he proved it wasn't. Um, and then we also have, you know, other quarterbacks too, you know, Matthew Stafford's pretty good, but he's getting closer up in age. Dak Prescott could be good, but it's also the Uh, Cowboys. See, that's where you lost me. Keep going. Um, and then I think with, you know, the NFC South, there isn't one necessarily really good quarterback because, the Saints are a question mark mm-hmm. about if they want Derek Carr or not. The Falcons are a question mark because they're going to start Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. No one knows what's going on with Carolina Panthers. <laughs> and the Buccaneers, no one knows what's going on there. And then you look at the NFC West. Kyra's coming off a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we already talked about the 49ers. Geno did pretty decent. And then you also had, you know, Matthew Stafford coming back. And that might have been it. So now that I think about it, wow, really the only good NFC quarterback is Jalen. Yeah, see, you came around to my thinking. I didn't think about that. I thought it was, you know, a lot more players. I mean, maybe it's that the AFC is stacked. Actually, that's it, yeah. I mean, you've got Burrow Mahomes. (laughs) To yes. uh, Lamar, Josh Allen. I think the AFC is stronger in quarterbacks. Now, we do have the draft coming up. So, I mean, there's a few quarterbacks, but they're going to be taken by a lot of the top teams who are not NFC teams. So, I, I don't know. There could be some trading and stuff happening that helps the NFC. But I think Jalen's definitely on top of that division. I think for right now, it's looking like that. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about the quarterbacks who made it to – the playoffs and I mean Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, Dak Prescott, and Tom Brady. And I mean Tom Brady's not there anymore. And I mean with an Aaron Rodgers can be good. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. We haven't seen a lot of Justin Fields yet. And then with you know the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff is serviceable, but is he the guy? Right. See I think some of these other names are they can do well if they have a good team around them, but they can't be like a 49ers team where you can just drop in any quarterback and go to the playoffs. I think that's a, you know, only one team can do that, and that's Kyle Shannon right. and the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. But back to the game, and the biggest question that everyone is asking, especially Philadelphia Eagles fans, did one play change the trajectory trajectory? Of the game. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> um, the quick, I guess, short answer is obviously no. But do I think... This is such a tricky question. 
Yes, it was a penalty. It was a holding. He even admitted it. But do I think it should have been called? No. I don't think so either because, and a lot of people are bringing this up, and it's really annoying because I remember this play. They're saying that if James Bradbury holding Juju is pass interference, but in the 2018 NFC Championship game between the Rams and the Saints, that illegal hit isn't a penalty, then what is a penalty anymore? And then obviously that took me back and it kind of made me a little scared. Yeah, and the only reason I didn't like this call is because they hadn't been calling much all game. They were letting them play. They were letting them get away with things like this. And a no call on that wouldn't have changed much. The ball wasn't catchable. Nothing was going to come of that play anyway. That's the thing, too, where I think a lot of people are looking at it. And I mean... I'm pretty sure that most of the Saints fans were a little surprised when mm-hmm. it was called. Now, obviously, they're not going to say, oh, well, yeah, you know, that wasn't it. Because, you know, any team that gets a freebie is going to be excited. Right, right. But I think I just it wouldn't have changed the game. I mean, the Eagles lost that game fair and square by imploding on themselves the second half. That's the other thing, too, is that... The offense went stagnant sometimes, but this defense, I don't know what was going on there. I mean, they allowed the longest return in Super Bowl history. Yeah, so I don't really know what was going on there. I don't know if it was just in regards to their defensive coordinator thinking about other coaching jobs, obviously more on him later. But if that play call was, you know, just incomplete or it was just that, hey, it was uncatchable, the Chiefs would have kicked the field goal mm-hmm. and then the Eagles could have gone two minute and either had the game go to overtime and destroy everyone's parlay <laughs> or they could have gone and seen if Jalen Hurts could run for another touchdown. Well, either way it went, I did win $68 on my parlay. So Yeah, I won <laughs> nothing. I came in fifth place, but that's okay. And let me pick your bets for you next time. <laughs> I might have to. Um, now with this, I mean, but I do like my chances. Now, I am going to say this, and, you know, we, we talked about this last week. So what's that about fishing being great again, Roger Goodell? Oh, it was not. And so let's talk about Smitty's call with his incomplete pass. If we're going to call Goddard's a complete catch, why not call Smitty's? Well, that's the thing, too. Nobody knows what a football move is. <laughs> uh, we don't know what I, the penalties are. We don't know what a catch is. What do we know? It's – I will listen to Mike Pereira, Gene Steratore, and they will say, well, they made a football move. What is a football move? And what is a penalty? I mean, <laughs> in college football, no one knows what targeting is. Right. So we are just genuinely confused and it will be something like, you know, we understand hoarding. We understand uh-huh. false starts. Uh-huh. We don't understand other plays and stuff. And it's as if they're just saying, I want to, you know, call this penalty. I mean, I was looking at it and there were at least 11 teams this year that had a hundred plus penalties uh-huh. called on them. It's so 
objective and it shouldn't be able to be. There's so much gray area with these calls and it needs to be a yes or a no and so much more definitive. No, absolutely. So definitely a lot for us to look into. But yeah, no one knows what a penalty is. So hopefully someone can teach us what that is because (laughs) we very much need to know. But moving on to our last point, what should we expect from the Eagles next year? I think we're going to see most of the players return, if not all of them. I know there's always somebody who's moving, but obviously coaching staff is going to look a little different. So uh, they're definitely going to be losing their OC and defensive coordinator for sure. I know that you had told me that they were in talks with their offensive coordinator becoming the, to the Colts and Gann and the defensive coordinator was interviewing for the Cardinals job. Now, obviously, you know, it's part of why if it happens, right. I'm sure Nick Seriani is going to find a way to, you know, look for great mm-hmm. offensive coordinators. Who knows? He might promote the quarterback's coach, who is a big part in Jalen's success this year. Brian Johnson has done terrific things. Yeah, but, I would love that move. Oh, I would too. I mean, you know, that's something where, you know, you work from what's given with you. Mm-hmm. But they have good young talent. But the biggest okay. question right now is what is the status with Jason Kelsey? Yeah, I I mean, I think he's devoted to the team. It would be hard to see him go anywhere else. But I don't, I don't even know how old he is. Could he even retire? He's 35, and he was thinking about retiring last year. He has two little girls, and he's married. And, you know, he's been playing a pretty long time, but he's also the leader of that offensive line. You know, him and Lane Johnson have seen everything. And, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me if we lose one Kelsey brother and not the other. And I think that was another thing, too, is that Travis will want to work with Jason Mm -hmm. to make sure something is worked out. But I also think that, you know, Jason wants to spend time with his family. And you can't be mad at anyone for doing that. Oh, no. I mean, we were all mad at Tom Brady for not wanting to do that. (laughs) 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 I know. I always have to throw it in there. So he's my question mark, and I, yeah. I would love to see him return. Yeah, and I, it's just going to depend on his mindset and if he believes in this team or not and what they can do next year. No, 100%. So I think right now, you know, keep your eyes out for those for news regarding that. But I mean, a lot of these players are going to want to be back. You know, you've got a lot of young talent in Smitty. AJ Brown, you know, you've got Dallas God, but then you also have a lot of free agents, you know, CJ Gardner, Johnson, Miles Sanders. And so you've got to do a lot of restructuring too. And Jalen is also due for a big extension. Oh, for sure. A big extension with, with a big raise. I mean, he deserves every bit of it. No, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing too, is that after Jalen gets his contract, contract extension after next year they have to focus on what they're going to do with smitty yeah and I mean, this is where the nfl becomes a business right and that's what's tough but 
I feel like the relationship, obviously, that he has with Jalen is there. It's working. Uh, yeah, like you said, it. but it is a business. You know, as fans of football, we think of the emotions behind it and not a business plan. So I think right now, you know, they have a lot of question marks, but and I know this is very soon and really early because the Super Bowl was literally just yesterday. But I expect this team to have a very similar year that they did this past year. Yeah, I I know. Like you said, it's early, but I can already call them as a playoff team next year. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to have the exact same record. I mean, it's so hard mm -hmm. to do stuff like yeah. that. I mean, the only teams I can think of who have had consistently the same record over time were the Patriots when they were always mm -hmm. either 13 and 3 or 12 and 4. Right. Yeah. I think that's difficult. I think they're definitely going to have a winning season, definitely make it to at least the first round of playoffs. And I definitely agree there too. But I think right now, you know, you have the pieces. You have the coaching staff, but that's the other thing too, is that you have the culture. So they're going to need to find a way to make sure that they can handle all of this because now that they've made it to the Super Bowl, they have the high expectations. Right. And all eyes on them. They're going to be the media attention. That's a lot of pressure. Oh, no, absolutely. And I think with it too, is that it comes down to how these teams can be focused in regards to the very next year, you know, you think about how there are teams who make it to the Super Bowl and then the next year they just are struggling. You know, think about how, I guess, let's say, for example, the Carolina Panthers in the 2015 season, they basically, as bad as it sounds, collapsed after yeah. some time. Same thing with the Falcons or, you know, similar situation. I don't want to say that with the Bengals, but, you know, look at the Super Bowl hangover for the Rams. Mm -hmm. from last year versus to this year. And I think a lot of that does have to do with media, though, and the talk and the buzz. And most of those teams had some negative attention in media after the Super Bowl. And especially teams that lose, you know, being called the flop or things like that. But I've seen a lot of positive media in regards to the Eagles and just what they were able to do this season. Well, here's another thing, too, that the Eagles have this advantage that many teams do not have after they've made it to the Super Bowl. They have two first-round picks, mainly right. because the Saints are dumb and <laughs> decided that, hey, we're going to trade away one of our picks last year. But I think with this, you have a pick in the top 10, mm -hmm. and then you have a pick at the end of the first round. Yeah, this is true. These are strong draft picks. So, and, you know, they're not, like, as much as people would want to say, ooh, they should draft the quarterback. No, they have their quarterback <laughs> of the future. Yeah. But this gives them that opportunity of, okay, Fletcher Cox is getting a little mm -hmm. bit older. Or maybe we need a stud linebacker. Or maybe right. we need a cornerback to go with Darius Slay mm -hmm. and move James Bradbury inside. So this is these questions they can ask, but they have a great concept because, Hey, two first round draft picks is amazing. And you can look at those two glaring needs and see what you can do. Or you can trade one of those picks. Mm -hmm. Please don't trade, you know, the 
top 10 pick because Howie, if you do, everyone's going to yell at you again. Right. But it has a lot of different questions, a lot of different value. Mm -hmm. And Howie can use this draft to, I don't want to say rebuild the team, but look at the team and reassess what needs to be done. Yeah, and other teams are going to be watching what they do for sure. I think what they should do, and this is going to be something that I've done a lot of reading on, they need to look for best available at, I think they pick at six or seven. Mm -hmm. If Miles Murphy is there, go for him. You know, he can be molded. He can learn from Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox Mm -hmm. is one of the best players in the NFC, consistently all pro, consistently pro bowler. He can learn from a terrific leader there. At the end of the first round, and this is going to pain me to say this, <laughs> but if Jameer Gibbs is there, oh. then maybe go after him. Miles Sanders is a free agent. So what do we think about that? I like your Jameer Gibbs pick, especially with that offense and pairing him with Jalen and having him out there with Smitty. I could see that working. One of the things that the Eagles didn't do a lot this year was throw the ball in the screen game. Jameer Gibbs is a lot like another wide receiver. And yes, as much as I would love to see Jameer and Alvin Kamara together or just Jameer playing because Alvin, you know, we don't know what's going on there. I feel like the better fit would be Jameer in Philadelphia or they could go after Brian. Yeah. You're right. They have a lot of weapons to choose from, especially if all of those names you picked are still there. But we'll definitely do a deep dive there. But as sad as it sounds for now, it looks like the NFL season has come to an end. So Uh Chris and I are going to go cry in a corner. I'm just kidding. No, we're not. (laughs) Maybe me. But we have a lot of exciting things coming up. The NFL Combine is going to be coming up. Then we've got the draft. And then there's always going to be news and stories. I mean, we Uh have free agency that we're going to cover. And free agency in the South is a fun time. But but that is going to do on this Super Bowl-based recap episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support and for tuning in. As always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, JakeSill14. You can find Chrissy on TikTok and Instagram at Chrissy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. You can find them on all social media at Variety underscore sport underscore. As always, you can find this on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. We're basically on all podcast platforms. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe. Share this with your friends. We could not have grown as much without y'all over the past almost year. And we're so excited to take on some new excitement over the next little while. But yes, we're going to be definitely a little sad about the NFL going away. But we've got the USFL and the XFL. So more football, which is awesome. As always, thank you so much for all that you do. Continue to be the best version of you you can be. Enjoy life and its adventures. Continue to be a light in the world. The world is still a very scary and all over the place kind of place. Continue to make other people happy. And as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care. Bye.